This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and today I am beyond excited because we are recording all the way to United States of America. I am so thrilled to welcome to you today a formidable lady once you get to know her. This is Delphine Carter who is the CEO of Bulo Solutions and I have to say your offices for those who are watching look absolutely phenomenal. Welcome to you today Delphine, how are you? I am great. I'm so excited to be um, to join you. You've had just a ton of great guests when I was looking through your series. Yeah, we have. We, we're, we're very, very privileged to be in this position where we've interviewed and I've interviewed some of the most incredible leaders across the globe. And what's really exciting for me as the host is that I'm getting more and more people from across the channel, which yourself included. You're coming from, is it Birmingham, Alabama? It is. Again, I love how you say it versus me saying it Birmingham. I like Birmingham. Um, but yeah, that's where that's where we're based. We're you know we're a national company, but this is our home base. Oh, it's wonderful! And to those who know me from old, my first recruitment job was in Birmingham in the in England. So shout out to all the West Midlands folk who uh, I know still follow the channel. So for those who are not yet familiar with your brand, and I'm sure they'll all be clicking on LinkedIn once they watch this episode, tell us a little bit about your business and yourself. How have you come to be in this position? Yeah, so uh, Bulu Solutions, our entire purpose is to help women stay in and return to the workforce. And we do that by matching them today with um, flexible job opportunities. It could be contract, it could be a project or part-time and full-time permanent positions. And then we help guide them. Um, our dream is that we will start building the platform out once we get this kind of layered in and, and get this down pat. And we'll be able to offer career pathing so that women can get guidance on exactly where they need to go in their careers and what it'll take to get there. We all know that women are not fabulous about asking for a raise. And so we want to be able to be the wind at their back and tell them, hey, most people are getting paid this. How about, how about you just go ask? Um, or, you know, you just need one extra certification or one extra project under your belt. Go get it. And so Bulo started because I have been technology, um, cloud-based technology apps and web apps for over 12 years. And I was constantly launching new projects. Um, and I would look around and I would try to find people to come help me with copywriting or run the project or something. But when I would go to my people team, the recruiters, I kind of got the same faces over and over again. It was the same resume over and over again. And it just wasn't fitting. And then on the weekends, I'd go to the ball field. So I'd go to the soccer field to watch my kids. And the mom that I, that professional that I needed was sitting right next to me, but it was a mom. And she was lamenting that she couldn't get back into the workforce. And so I was like, this is ridiculous. Why is this happening? I started doing research and realized that if you've got a nonlinear career, meaning you didn't come out of college in marketing and just keep going and keep progressing in marketing, then it's tougher for you to surface on LinkedIn, Indeed, and ZipRecruiter. Um, and really any of these algorithm-based tools that recruiters are using these days. And so we knew we needed to one, fix it so that women would surface, even if they had non-linear backgrounds, and two, give them options for staying in the workforce instead of feeling like they had to, um, they had to split these lives of the personal and the professional. Oh, here, here. I mean, why <laughs> should women have to make a choice at all? Why can't we have a successful career without compromising our roles as mothers? That's it. And so I think, I think COVID has made people realize, even for males, that, it, that, that our personal and professional lives are inextricably linked. 
There is no separating them. We now see cats walking across our keyboards and you see the drawings of everybody behind you. And so I think that was really a great moment. And if we can capitalize on that and make sure that companies continue to realize that even if we come back into the office, we can see some great change. This is definitely the time for change. And I think that, you know, what you're doing is just absolutely phenomenal. And it's been long awaited. I agree with you. And even I think it's regardless of which country you're listening to this podcast in, you can look around your round table in your boardroom and how many females are there and the ones that are there have they had to compromise at some point in their parenting or their career so that's where I think this conversation for me is so important because whether you're listening to this as regardless of gender regardless of where you sit we all have a responsibility to make options available for those returning to work after becoming parents it's as simple as that and I think I applaud you on what your business does so let's just put some context around it though so in terms of supporting women on their trajectory to whatever level they want to achieve but let's let's say right. c-suite they define it yeah yep. they define it we're not defining it for them why do you think there is still a gender gap what are the fundamental sort of barriers stopping them let's put some back there, to the key criteria there's there. three things that um studies have shown so one it's lack of flexible job opportunities so once you do become a parent there's just that push and pull struggle. Once mm-hmm. you leave the workforce, you get a um, you lose about 30% of your pay when you come back. So that's not helping the pay gap. That exacerbates it. Two is lacking access to um, projects and to career progression that a lot of males get. And the difference there is if you do become a parent and you pull out Um, or you become a, yeah, when you become a parent, basically people think she may not be able to handle it. And it's not that it's a conscious verbalized thing. It's typically an unconscious bias that people need to just let the female decide and let the parent decide whether they can do it or not. I think a lot of people are shocked to know that in the U S the pay gap between mothers and non-mothers is greater than the pay gap between men and women. That's terrible. And what so is it? A, what What's the percentage difference? Do you I know? don't have it off the top of my head, but it is significant and it's shocking, right? So, shocking. so you think about that there, it's that link of once we become parents and you're talking about people in the boardroom, if you are on an HR team or in a people team, allowing people to talk about their personal lives and being parents, instead of feeling like you have to hide it because you'll lose opportunities, is a massive step to take, even for men, um, allowing a man to go coach their so- their kids' soccer Amazing. team and leaving an hour early will also help the women. Um, and so it's really just an acknowledgement of parenting. And then the third thing for women is the lack of um, career coaching. So okay. because there are not as many women who have hit the C-suite, it's very difficult for them to find the mentor okay. that will guide them and say, this is how I got there try this. Yeah. This is, I'm going to be your mentor and I'm going to help raise you because that's what we effectively do as mentors and coaches and leaders. We raise people up around us. That's what we do. We don't keep people boxed down. Everything that you've said there is all about diversity and inclusion. It's a hundred percent. A lot of what we ask. So we are, we consider ourselves, we've got over 1500 women on the platform. We consider ourselves their advocate. 
So we create a 360 degree profile that shows their soft skills and their hard skills so that you can see them as a whole person mm -hmm. and not just this linear, like bleh, all these experiences on paper. And so when we go to these hiring managers, we say, we need you to look at the, we need you to think about this job description and consider what do you really need? Absolutely. Do you need that college degree mm -hmm. or do you need that? She's got 12 years experience doing this. Somebody who went to marketing 12 years ago in college, it's changed so significantly. It's pointless. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. And so yeah. I think recruiters really could, could do their best for diversity and inclusion. Equity belongs on the company side as well. But if they could just say, you just need to interview this person. Yeah. And they may not have that college degree. They may not have that exact uh, maybe they're not experts in Salesforce, but we know they've got the acumen to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think that way we start allowing people who have not had the same opportunities as your traditional white male to get into the workforce in the positions that they can thrive in. Absolutely can thrive in. And then in terms of productivity, you know, these, these, these females that are returning to work, whether it be on a part-time basis, they will absolutely give it their all because they want to prove themselves they want to champion their fellow working moms I mean I, I can give you a synopsis that I mean up until COVID 25% of my placements year on year have always been working moms and I used to have that as my USP and you know I'd attract loads of working parents to me because the way I view it and that's why I set my business up 16 years ago is that in the hours that my children are not with me I'm gonna absolutely smash it out of the park because I've got no distractions and I need to earn loads of money because they cost a fortune. Oh but I goodness. also want, I want to do this for me. I want to be defined by who Leisha is, not just mom, mom, right? And that's okay. where I think, that's where the mindset for leaders listening who are potentially discriminating against those who have been out of work, even for a number of years, being the raising children, just stop and think to yourself what skills they actually bring, even from being a parent. Time management, budget management, negotiation, conflict resolution. That's it. Uh, I, I mean, FedEx, I... FedEx has nothing on logistics on a mom. No. I mean, a mom can get people five different places at the exact same time and still get it done. And you're right. There is a commitment that happens because women are so desperate to still have that multidimensional side of themselves. Once you put them in that role, they get heads down. They're not getting distracted by coffee talk. They're not getting distracted by the water cooler. They put their heads down and get it done. Our biggest, um, probably our number one customer that really appreciates these moms are tech companies. And I think it's because they are able to, to think a little more innovatively and really consider what are the skills that are being brought to the table. Absolutely. And so I do, I, do, I do wish that larger companies would, would think more innovatively on what the person coming to them looks like. I know they have 20 open roles. They've got to fill them fast and they start really you know, trying to streamline or scale that process. But if you do that too much, then you lose out on some incredible talent that's out there and hidden from you. Do you think sometimes that leaders often put a barrier to entry for work, return to work moms because they worry that the non-parents may feel that they're being 
prejudice by not being given flexible working, for example. So, you know, let's say we've got someone that hasn't that's chosen to not have children and looks over and says, well, hang on, she's allowed to go at three to go and pick her kids up. You know, she's then logging back on when she gets home, but why can't I have that? And then there's the knock on effect. And she should. There's no, well, one of the things we talk about with our customers, our clients is you will be most effective in this remote and this flexible culture that you're going to offer the moms if you measure by goals and not but in seats is how we call it. And so that person with no kids should be able to leave at three and go if you know if they're a passionate bike rider, go get it done and log back in when your your measurement is did you hit your goals and are you upholding the company values? You are great. I love it. We call it bums on seats here, but you can have butts on seats. I'll let you have that. The little nuance across the across the ocean. I, I think that's it's I'm so pleased I brought that up with you because that's exactly yeah. how I will I then challenge my client if they say that. I say, well, you should be offering inclusivity on flexibility to everybody. Now, of course, COVID has changed that. And I think more more leaders now are more receptive because that people have had to work remotely, but that's not the same as flexible working. And that's where we've got this. We need to make sure it's defined in terms of expectation, but that's where culturally, regardless of, of, I mean, I guess our audience is all recruited and I know you've talked a lot around tech. If you measure output rather than the micromanagement granular, how many calls are you doing? You're creating then this very grown up, empowered culture where people will want to log in and get the job done because you're creating this kind of embracing, you know, we know that you'll do the job regardless of where you are. You also kind of weed out the people that are only performing because you're sitting there, you know, pushing them and pushing them. And that's exhausting from a manager role. Is that really where your brain needs to be and driving that person to, to perform versus thinking strategically and how you can improve the output for everyone. And so that, that look, that, you know, the people that are just kind of making it through, they'll fall off because they won't be able to hit their goals. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. So, I mean, bearing in mind uh, across our global audience, which is really very exciting for me as the host, we have a lot of leaders and those who are aspiring to be leaders. So what can they do right now today to ensure that they create a culture where women want to return to work there if they've already left to go and have children and make sure they're not, you know, that's it, bye-bye, I'm not coming back, but also attract those who have the potential to reach the top table if that's what they want to do We interrupt this episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at Hoxo Media. Now, recruitment agencies invest heavily in LinkedIn licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at. Given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones, the rest of the time is spent scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies. And we want to share this message with you. Their academy program allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimize their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people 
and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the academy, which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me and you're an owner of a business or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this program. Enjoy the rest of the episode. There's the flexibility. So that's flexibility of hours or location or just in culture. If I have to just define your flexibility and, and stick with it. Um, flexibility of culture means that I can run out, take the kid to the dentist, and I don't have this guilt on my shoulders of, gosh, I've got to get back to the office in five minutes or somebody's going to be upset. And so define what your flexibility is. Ask your parents how their kids are doing. You may not care. It's okay if you don't care. But what you're doing is you're establishing a culture that says, I acknowledge there's this other part of you that is very valuable to you and very important, and I will not judge you on that on the fact that you have kids or on the fact that you've got responsibilities that are significant outside of work. And once you normalize that, then people feel like they can thrive in both. Um, They don't have to hide that they have kids because maybe then they won't get the projects. Yeah, no, I think that's really important. And I know know that off camera, we talked a lot around mental health and, and well-being. So I think that's something that we should talk about because certainly as we record this in May 2021, when this goes live, you know, most of that, most of the sort of developed world anyway, will probably be out of a formal lockdown and we'll probably be all mingling again. So we're probably less inclined to talk. Mm-hmm. Let's hope so. Please, yeah. from my mouth to God's ears and all that. Where, right. where, where do you think, you know, there's a disconnect with people talking about it? Because I think that, you know, and I know that you, we, we, we did chat about this offline, that there's been a lot of stress and strain put on females during COVID and since COVID, potentially more so, and I'm being deliberately a bit sort of generic here, but more so than potentially dads. I mean, I'm saying this as a single mum, I'm single solitary parent. So I can say that from my own perspective that it all comes on me and the pressure on me is immense. So what what are you, what are you seeing from your audience? Yeah. So it's, um, for every 2.2 men that's returned to the workforce, only one woman has. Right. So there are still, as of May, 2021, there are still many women. Some of that is because of school closures. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is because of the extra pressures that are going on. The support systems of maybe their mom helped with childcare, or they had a community around them that helped Mm -hmm. with childcare. Childcare is expensive. So if those support Mm -hmm. systems have been uprooted or locked out, then and they have to figure out how to pay for childcare. It's it's an it's a tough yeah. situation. In the U.S., we still have about a third of fourth and eighth graders that are not back in school. Wow. Um, 
But the result of that too, is that women are spending on average three plus more hours than men on housework, schoolwork um, with the kids. So childcare and housework. And that is, there are a lot of concerns about will the balance right, right itself once people go back into the office. Um, and then there's also valid concerns of once women do pull back and say, okay, this remote stuff is good. Like this is helping me. Also, do they then lose their presence in the office? And so we, we have to figure out, um, I think offices as they decide how they wanna return and if they say they're going hybrid or if they're saying they're going remote is being very intentional to make sure that the women are still, um, there's still an inclusion uh, aspect really for any minority that doesn't have an equal voice in the room that their voice can still be heard yeah. across Zoom, across Teams, whatever tool you use. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's that inclusivity, but being part of the culture and actually being part of the dialogue every single day, because that's the where it happens. It's that part of the dialogue. That's not so just, well said. Yep. Not just the word, it's not just the weekly updates, it's that dialogue every yeah. single day. And I think, you know, there were a lot of reports shared. I think actually LinkedIn was really good at sharing this kind of news story that, you know, there were there was there were increased numbers of females who felt totally quashed during the pandemic because it all seemed to they seem to fall on it on it seemed to fall on them a lot more because of the reasons you've given I think it was exactly the same in the United Kingdom and Europe as it was in America and I think you know I can only speak from my personal experience but I guess I'm I'm in a unique situation in that I'm the only parent here but I think from my own personal observations conversations that I've had with clients and candidates that is the reality that you know that that percentage you've given so you know one out of every 2.2 males is just we need to we need to shift the balance so that equality well, has an equality yeah, we, like gone back 50 years i think that's what you know one report said we've gone back to the 50s that's exactly right and frankly our economy will suffer because you take all of those wage earners out of the economy i mean that's a lot of money for restaurants and groceries and the kids activities yeah. and so our economy needs these women back in um, and there's also bad male on male behavior. There's a lot of times where a male will want to get more involved. He'll recognize his wife needs his help. And they'll, somebody will be like, well, you've got a wife for that. Why aren't she, why aren't she doing that? You know, there's still some very male on male behavior that isn't great about parenting or about equal share. Um, you know, what happens to a man's career when they have a kid, can they take the paternity leave that's allowed for him? Or will people be like, what are you doing? You're actually taking that? Yeah. Nobody takes paternity. I think, I think it's you hint on you hint on I mean misogyny has become you know one of the hottest topics certainly in my house from because my eldest daughter's you know very um outspoken in social justice aspects you know black lives matter and you know her friends who all you know they're, they're non-binary and pansexual you know there's, there's a total shift and those who are listening who know that they need to attract generation z your 16 to 24 year olds now if you are misogynistic and you are not embracing your working parents, you are going to alienate yourself from an entire future generation of people coming to work for you because they will want to know about what's your flexible working arrangement? What do I do if I have a child? You know, what are you doing to help those that currently work for you? They're not going to be interested in your latest trip to Ibiza or, you know, how much champagne yeah. on a Friday. Yeah. That's it. I think us, we were still children of the baby boomers that were very driven, very career oriented, very, and I think some of the younger generations have realized there's more of a balance um, that can be obtained and they are, they're going to ask for it. If you don't have it, you can give them, 
you can double their salary. You're still going to lose them quickly. Yeah. So um, modernize. Yeah, modernize and lose misogyny. That's what I would like to say as well. Well, it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure to have you join us today because I know that as we record this now, it's at, towards the end of my workday and your workday is just starting. Just starting. But we will make sure when we share this episode that everyone connects because I think your um, your business sounds absolutely wonderful and I don't know of anything like it in the UK. So please connect to Delphine, follow Bulo. We want to change the way that females are perceived in the marketplace and bang on cue my daughter's about to walk through the front door which is just hilarious isn't it that we've been talking That's about perfect that. timing i love it perfect timing thank you so much for joining us today we really appreciate it i'm oh, so glad to be here thanks del